Cool. Hello and welcome to our second live stream of Radio, a podcast and a live stream for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs out of EO Johannesburg. And uh, this is, we're now in a three-way. We've got EO Cape Town, EO Joburg and EO Durban all on the same live stream, which is pretty rad. Uh, I'm your host, Ross Drakes, and my co-host is Mr. Richard Mulholland. Hello. Uh, today we have uh, two amazing, inspiring entrepreneurs um, on the on the, the the podcast, which and, is actually impressive uh, from Durban. Yes. <laughs> hey, Nick. <laughs> um, uh, welcome, Matt Fitzsimons and Roger Fitzsimons. Matt is the CEO of Big Eye Branding, and Roger is the CEO of Promo Basket. Thank you for joining us, guys. Thanks, Ross. Thanks, Ross. A pleasure to be here. So um, I forgot this question on the last one, but this one, can, can you each, uh, Matt, can you give us your elevator pitch, your pre-COVID-19 elevator pitch? <laughs> Pre-COVID, okay, the one that's out the window. Yeah. So Big Our Branding, uh, which is our existing uh, business, or our, our holding company, um, our original business. So we manufacture and supply branded marketing materials to blue chip companies across Africa. Cool. And Roger, same question. Yeah, um, I'm CEO for Promo Basket. Um, we've got offices in a few countries up north. Um, and our elevator pitch is to help businesses grow their brands and sell more products. So now how has this uh, um, pandemic affected the businesses that you guys are in? Yeah, it's um, it's been like a kick in the nuts, to be honest. <laughs> When, I, when we went on the EO webinar for printing and promotional industry, which is what we're in globally, um, it was amazing. There were probably about 40 or 50 different people from all over the world. And unanimously, every single person said that their business was down between 80 or 90%, or would be down between 80 or 90% over the next few months. Wow. Have you seen any orders since this thing kicked in? Um, we have pivoted, but our core business has um, probably gone backwards because we've even had uh, purchase orders pulled out from under our noses that we had before. Um, our main customer, uh, AB InBev, has pulled some orders away from us um, that we hadn't started production on or part started on. And yeah, so there has been nothing. Our, our supply chain's down, logistics down, so we, cannot, we can't um, operate. We haven't been able to operate. Well, and is that the same oh, yeah. branding? Yeah, so I think our last order was in the uh, beginning of March. And um, yeah, I mean, as Raj mentioned, we do a lot of work for the breweries and Coke across Africa. They literally have cut their advertising spend. And I believe we're not going to get orders. I mean, the sales guys have inquiries and they think they're going to get orders. I don't think we're going to get orders for the next six months. I think we're going to get zero orders, I would say, from those big uh, blue chip who are most, most of our work. Wow. So, so I mean, what are you guys just going to gonna lie down and disappear? Or what is, your, what is your strategy to survive the next six months? So um, the first thing we did is, is we, we realized that you've got to be a leader and start marching. It doesn't matter which way you're marching, as long as you're marching. And if you look over your shoulder, everyone's following you. You've just got to march confidently 
and say follow. Um, and we we set ourselves three goals, which we shared with the, with the team. And we said, just trust us. You've trusted us for 12 years. Now trust us. And, and, and we broke it down into three uh, main points. And the first one was we picked a date. And that date was three months from when uh, all hell broke loose. And we picked a date on the 16th of June. And we said, on that date, we're going to have a massive St. Paddy's Day party, a proper one, because we missed the first one. Um, and it gave our staff something to aim at. It gave them like a, a point to their spear. It wasn't just oblivion. And then we used that date for everything that we did to negotiate, to reduce salaries. Uh, we used it to negotiate with our landlords. We used it to negotiate to reduce costs. And everything was around three months. We said, please, can you help us out just for three months? We're not asking you to help us out for a year or forever just for three months. If we have to buy a get extend the runway in three months time, we will, but we're asking people just for 90 days. So we're halfway through those 90 days now, we're 45 days. So our date was the, was the 16th of June and we we're gonna party. The second thing was we, we went hard and we went deep early. So we reduced costs. Um, we reduced our costs by 500,000 Rand a month, mm. right up front, yeah. which was from backtracking on increases, going to four-day week and just being ruthless, even asking people to bring their own tea bags into the office. However, wow. with a saving of 500,000 Rand a month with zero sales, you're still making a lot. <laughs> but because we've traded in Africa for so long where people pay you 100 to 120 days, this was a secret little reserve that we had built up. So it, uh, the, in some ways, this was what, what's going to help us through the next three to six months, was this reserve of debtors that keeps filtering through every single month. Um, and then the third thing that we did was we, was we challenged people to work from home, and we started early in setting people up. So, so your module is remote. Question. Sorry, I, I didn't hear that, Rich. I just want to ask you a quick question on the on the previous points you made there. You said you took a diet of 500,000 rands. Now, what I'm curious about, and obviously that's one part of that is easy because of the business not running. I, I use the term easy, uh, obviously, with the understanding of what's going on. But how much of this is when you go back, like how much of this was a good diet? So if you had to open up again tomorrow, do you add that 500K back on? Or do you realize like, wow, we actually could have been more efficient and we can come back in with only an extra 300? Like, is this an upside of down if everything turned on again tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I think that there's a lot in that 500,000 that won't just be replaced. Um, from travel, we're thinking differently about travel, about how we service our customers, about tea bags, bring your own tea bags, um, <laughs> about work from home, um, service level arrangements that just pitched up with, with suppliers. So many things we, we went through with a fine tooth comb. Two, do we need offices in all these countries? So, so, I mean, how many, how many hundreds of thousands of rands of tea bags are you guys uh, are going through <laughs> in a month? <laughs> we ran yeah. Uh, um, Ross, one of the biggest things for me, the biggest saving, obviously our biggest expense was uh, salaries. And one of the things that absolutely blew me away was we, uh, we spoke about short term and, and reducing our salary bill by 20% on day one. Uh, 
as you know within the first few days of the carnage um, happening. And I was blown away. We didn't have one person out of the whole office say, oh, you can't do that, that's unfair, whatever. Everyone supported us on it and said, you know, let's go ahead, let's do it. We had mm -hmm. only positive reaction to it. And I think it made us realize that we, you know, we had built a relationship, a strong relationship with our staff over many years. And you can't just build a relationship when you need one in a tough time. You need that relationship to have been set up over many years. So. We, we called on it then and uh, we just got amazing response from people. I mean, I, I can totally second that. I, I, I had a few sleepless nights um, before I, I actually made the phone calls to all of my team and it was actually a very positive experience. They were, like, I echo that. There wasn't a single human being on the team who who was like resistant or anything. They just they, they understood and one or two of them even said yes before I'd even finished going through my, my scripts yeah. uh, to talk to them, which was um, amazing. You realize in times like these, you got some of the right people on the bus with you. Right, so uh, I also I also think that you're earning, and I mean, I say this, all of us, uh, for all of our businesses, building an environment has always been a big part of what we're trying to do and for our people. And uh, one of our guys actually came to us and I hadn't even had the meeting yet and said, hey, I've sat down with my wife. We've worked out how much we are and I don't need this much money every month. So you guys can can use that for the business. And I was like close to tears. I said, thanks so much. He said, dude, like you've been investing in us for so many years. I just want to invest back a little bit. And I thought like, wow, it's it, I, there was never the intention necessarily uh, like none of us planned for this, but it's quite amazing because I've never seen this as a little bit of a rainy day fund of goodwill that we've yeah. all bought for our people. And yet here it is all coming back, right? It's, it's quite special. And I'm wondering if the companies that are ruthless and have been running people the other way, I wonder how they're getting it. I'm sure they're getting a very, very different experience from their teams. Yeah. Rich, um, Kevin Hedewick, who was, I think he was CEO for Famous Brands. I remember going to an ITB with him. And he said, um, culture kicks strategy for breakfast. And Matt and I were saying that we, we were quite strong on strategy and executing our strategy. Our strategy has gone straight out the window over, over the short term now. Um, and this is where we've pulled on our culture and our values. Um, and because there's, there's things in our strategy that we just haven't been able to control. And you're not gonna, you're not going to. So, so can I ask um, some questions? Like, what are the, you know, we see this this uh, pandemic as an opportunity, um, and it's an opportunity to, to I think build new habits and to to kick old habits that you didn't want. Like, what are some of the habits that you guys want to carry through to 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 post pandemic, and what are some of the habits that you've managed to to ditch and use this as the the excuse to to do it? Yeah, I mean, I think from, yeah, so from, from my side, um, habits of, of just trusting um, people to get on with their jobs and trusting them to, if they're working from home, trusting them to get to work, you know what I mean? Not to check on them. Um, and uh, so, so the big thing is to, is for, to trust your staff. Um, and then also, um, yeah, uh, I think uh, Rich has gone on a lot, a lot about this, about how you can get so much more done uh, through, uh, you know, having online meetings uh, and you are wasting so less time. And in, to think about what we've done in the last three weeks, I think 
we would have never imagined we could have done that in two years. I mean, we've been trying to launch, um, you know, an e-commerce platform for our current business. And uh, two years later, we sort of halfway there, but we've literally launched a new business in two weeks, uh, which just shows you what's possible. So there's just a question from Nick Carolumbus, which is, has trusting your staff led to any negative experiences from people working or with people working at home? No, none. We've actually split up. I mean, we, we've, we've pretty much started a new business or it's a new part of a brand with an existing business. And the, the, the most amazing thing about that was that we conceived the idea and executed it two online transactions within four days. And, and what we were quite proud of was that that was done without ever having met. Um, one person was in Nottie's, one was in, in Durban, one was in Hillcrest, uh, two in Hillcrest, and we never even met. So we just trusted it and it was, we were a bit nervous up front, but it just seemed to work. But other than that, um, we're lucky we're not manufacturing or anything, so our staff can, and we just made it to work. I, I know that my, forum, my forum does say, it's so much easier to go to work, especially when your wife and kids are at home. Um, and it's like the default thing to do. And all of a sudden, like you can't now. And it's been, that's one um, bad habit that I would like to not see is spend much more time at home, even when I could go to work. Just force just stay at home. One of the things that I realized was every single time my staff had put earphones on at the office, was a sign that they wanted to leave the office. So at that point, I realized, hey, every time you've got your earphones on, you actually should be home. It also makes me question, to some degree, the validity of co-working spaces, because now I'm not understanding the gap. I understand of co-communal spaces where you can meet up. So for example, we don't want to have our office again. We are actually said to the guys, we can't get out of our lease, but we're going to take away your desks. So you don't have desks. You can only go there if you want to collaborate on something. Uh, as soon as you want to work on something, go home. Uh, and then the, the other rules are no rush hour. You're not allowed to arrive during rush hour. Uh, you're not right. allowed to arrive before it or after it. And you're only allowed to stay in for three hours per day. So, um, you know, Nick says in, in the chat about death to open plan offices. I know the guys from Basecamp feel the same way about this. I have a slightly different point of view in that. I think the idea, yeah, death to open plan offices, but I don't agree with their idea of building libraries where people can be quiet and just sit down and work and we should create quiet spaces. I'm saying if you want a quiet, quiet space, stay at home or at a coffee shop. If you actually want to enjoy some chaos and some interaction with other human beings and create an experience, meet somewhere. And I'm wondering if maybe there isn't a call for these kind of co-working spaces that will actually be just arrive for your huddle. So don't come for your meetings or don't come in for your desks and don't come to work. Uh, arrive to have a big session with your team, play some pool, you know, do your ping pong tournament, take it for two hours a week, and then all go back somewhere oh. else. Like, I think I'm rethinking the very construct. And so it's no longer an office, it's a workplace. And I'm banning the phrase going to work because you don't go to work. And even the idea of remote, how is leaving our home and driving through traffic how is not remote? Remote. Yeah, I mean the 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 guys at at um, Automatic, which are the the company that runs WordPress, they changed the term from remote to distributed, because remote says that there's a center point, and when you're at home, you're away from that center point. Whereas distributed says that you are a team that's scattered and you can assemble when you need to. Yes. 
Interesting. So do you guys have more more habits that you want to share or or do we jump into the, the pivots that you guys made? Yeah, I mean, obviously the, the, the habit which we all have and I think when you go through a tough time, it's like the wake up early, the journaling, uh, meditation. I listen to the same song every day, uh, Xavier Rudd's song. Um, and yeah, um, and also listen to something or read something positive. And it's taken something like this to jolt me back into that rhythm. And it's amazing how many of our forum are now doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, so. I also think on what, the, what you consume in terms of media, I think it's a big thing for me is um, not getting wrapped up in all the stats and how many people have died and all that. I, I'm very, very conscious about what media I consume. And uh, it's just, you know, um, allows me to, by consuming and engaging with people that that are positive, just uplifts you and you can go into the day with so much more energy than being drawn down by a lot of, a lot of negative news and there's plenty out there. That, that guy, Finian, who got the highest score ever for any ITB who ever, that we ever had in Durban, um, this Aussie guy, and he said the first thing you should do when you wake up in the morning is just lie in bed and smile for 30 seconds every <laughs> single day. And you just got to lie there and smile. And it's, it's quite a good habit to have. Um, if, if my wife woke up and looked at me, <laughs> I was just grinning. <laughs> she would immediately have a look down at the cover to see, to see what I was doing. Um, yeah, uh, uh, Karen said in the comments from EO, she said, we hope you, um, you're ignoring the US media. I mean, I think in my mind, that, like ignore everything that you can't influence. Because yeah. there's so much, if you're an entrepreneur, the, the, first of all, there's so much work to be done. I'm going to ask you guys something very quickly before the pivot, because, and knowing that I don't know where it is, maybe this is contentious. I think a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs are trying to do the right thing right now. But isn't the right thing, if we're the people who can make money and who have the ability to create economy and jobs, isn't the right thing for us to do to go out there and make money? And I don't mean that in the crass way, but if, if, if we think that we're going into, South Africa is potentially going into a depression and the world is going into a recession, surely job number one for everybody who has any ability to make revenue and hire people is to do just that yeah. and to ignore everything else. If you're not a doctor, don't look at the stats. Rich, to yeah. answer that, um, what Matt and I did was we, when we had this bolt of lightning, we, we, we made a list of the cleverest people we knew in the world. Um, and unfortunately, Ross Drakes wasn't on that list, but we phoned people <laughs> in Scotland, Australia, South Africa, and we picked their brains. And the, that was one question that we posted to them was, um, we, did, we, we were looking at um, dabbling into buying, importing some masks and, and various products. And we said we feel that we, we, we could be treading on, on, on dangerous territory. And but it wasn't a moral thing, issue. And our one friend said to us, by not getting involved, you're doing a disservice to your country. And that stood quite strong with us and um, helped guide us. Uh, well, you didn't call Ross and I smart people, so I'm afraid that's all we have time for here today. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much for being with us. Okay, so tell us, let's go to, uh, so that, so first of all, in fact, before we get to uh, exactly what it is. Any other things that came from those calls that are good triggers that we can think of that like gave you the kicks in the ass? And then where did it kick you to? 
Yeah. So if I can just say one of our one of our uh, mates in Australia, he had done a lot of work in China, and he said to us, "This is what China looks like today, and they're three months ahead of us. This is what the workplace looks like today. This is what they're consuming. This is how they're operating. This is how they're working, uh, and this is coming your way." He said to us, and uh, I think that was a huge thing for us because everyone else here was focused on you know just being told that Corona was coming, but not looking at where what the world was going to be like after Corona. And that immediately got us into thinking um, and starting to plan about the world, how the world was going to be after the Corona had hit us. So tell us, I think we've teased the pivot um, for, for 20 <laughs> minutes now. So tell us, tell us how, how, like what have you done with your two businesses and what is this new business that you built in four days um, remotely? Yeah, Ross, um, we knew that we had to bowl a bowling ball down the alley. We didn't know where, but we knew that. So we just threw a ball. Um, and that ball was, um, I met with, it, with my forum and I said, we're desperate, we're desperate straight, uh, states here. We don't know what to do. And the guys in my forum, particularly one guy said, listen, this is when you should be thriving. And his business was taking off um, during this scenario. And he said, come with me. I'm going to introduce you to a supplier from China and get on the back of some of my orders and start importing some products. So we, so we invested a considerable amount and in, in, bought some stuff. And that just sent us down a track where we were able to start to learn. And the first thing that we realized that we weren't, um, we were actually a communications company. We weren't a promotions or advertising company. So whether we were communicating via or a virus, we were a communications company. So it was time to start communicating. Um, and, the, and the business sort of started morphing from that. Um, and then um, we had this idea, uh, based on what Matt said, is that all these businesses are, are going to be up and running. And how can we get them up and running? And we saw everyone trading in masks and sanitizer. And we did that for a little bit. And it was a doggy dog. It was terrible. And it was... Um, it was cutthroat and it was awful. And then we said, well, let's provide them with the solution. So we, we, we started a business called Happy Hygiene uh, and literally thought about it in the bath, sent a message to my friend that night. By the next morning, he had built a wire diagram. By the Thursday, we had our first um, credit card transactions and, um, and we, I think we did 20 orders on our first day, four days after having built the concept. Um, and we thought, well, what can we do? So our thinking was, let's help businesses um, get up and running and let's help the economy grow. So, so we said, if we can provide businesses with a box, depending on what size that business is, and in that box would be like a starter pack. And in that box would come, if it's a small business under 10, it would come some masks, it would come some pre-printed signage that we had got from the World Health Organization We'd got the artwork and we'd taken a gamble and pre-printed the stuff, um, some pull-up banners, um, thermometers, whatever it was, depending on the size of your business. And we made this kit and because we were buying in bulk and consolidating, we could price it now. So that when you're a manager of an insurance company and on Monday you rock up there, this, this kit, which you've ordered on the internet the day before, arrives at your door and everything is in it. From the mask for your staff to use for public transport to the signage that you stick. You arrive at eight o'clock by 8.15, you've got everything up. 
and you've got a little memory stick with all the information that you need, videos and information. And that was the concept. Um, and yeah, um, it's, it's been well received. So how many, how, how many have you sold? Like how many of these boxes have you sold and what kind of businesses are, are interested in them? Well, oh, I can comment a, a bit, yeah. So literally um, uh, we were having a chat to um, the guy who's been helping us with our, our um, analytics and our Google AdWords. And, and he said to us that he's never, ever seen um, in his 15, 20 years of being involved in the e-commerce business uh, uh, as much traffic being directed to one site, which I mean, honestly, actually blown up. Yeah, for, for, for startup. startup. Yeah, for a startup. He says so quickly. He says he cannot believe it. And I don't, we don't know what the recipe was. We think maybe a lot of different reasons. But we've, we've pretty much in just over a week, we've got 180 orders. Um, but we're getting about two and a half thousand people visit our site a day. Um, like the interest has just been absolutely off the charts um and um yeah it's just been absolutely frantic you we used to have a business that did a few big orders and now we've got a business that has got a lot of small orders we literally are an e-commerce business our whole uh, warehouse has been converted uh and just getting these smaller orders out uh you know every couple of minutes um in in, in a lockdown environment which obviously makes it quite difficult to to copy be able to uh, function but yeah it's just been the, the response has been absolutely overwhelming but i love i mean i think i think what you guys have done which is very clever is you've you've seen that need um and you've you've built something compelling and it's not just a mask or a like a raw product it's a combination of things which which adds more value than just the some you know like if you were just dropping off sanitizer at people's office you would have been competing against everyone but this is almost like forget about all of that you can you can just arrive at your office and everyone's safe and and you kick it off which is a much bigger need than than the contents of that box which is very clever so lads, what's the longevity? It's too simple to be clever. Um, it's such a simple concept because <laughs> it's just a box with stuff in it. It's, but it's it's worked well. Yeah. Are you seeing it as a interim business? Or are you seeing this as a because people's mindsets will be changed in the foreseeable future? That this is now that companies will have a new like three years from now they'll have a new lens on things like this. Do you think that this is a business that the even if the contents of the box change? Um, is this a business that you'll be keeping forever? Yeah, I mean, I hope we come out with three businesses. I think it will be six months before the other businesses pick up and they will take a while. Um, I think that this business is going to be around for a while because I think that um, washing your hands is going to become like brushing your teeth. Um, I, and like those screens that you see at shops, I don't think they're going to, to get to a day where they just take them all down. It's like today we take them all down. I think those things are going to be there for the next 10, 20 years. Um, so I think that that stuff's going to be there. And um, yeah, we'll probably have to morph it. We've learned a lot about e-commerce and about um, almost like creating businesses that are like campaigns. So um, whether it's a World Cup or a, something that's trending, that you can create these sub-businesses and put a few staff on them and just create this uh, quite a lean business and, and run it. Uh, what, we, what we're trying to do is test 
um, lo uh, loading some of these products on Take a Lot and Price Check and all those e-commerce and just learn about e-commerce. For me, the most fascinating thing is is we what we try to do in two years, we did in four days. And we've had a real window into the world of e-commerce. And it's also introduced us to guys like uh, Justin Drennan from a Ninja, uh, Possum Ninja. Yeah. Uh, he's helped, he's agreed to sort of mentor us through this e-commerce journey. I think he's shaking his head thinking, realizing how little we actually know. But relationship like that is something we would never ever have have created. Also my forum, how the, the idea originated was I set up my forum, I said, we stuck. And, and I said, what, I know you guys aren't gonna be buying marketing stuff, what are you gonna be buying? And we had one guy who was call center, one guy in property, one guy at spas. And they all said, we need this virus communication stuff, but we can't find anyone. We're trying to get artwork here and get gloves here. And so I said, if we gave you a pack, um, deliver to your door and they all love that idea. So we also can, we can also tailor it, tailor it for certain industries. That's, I mean, I love that thought of uh, creating a business like a campaign that you can staff up a single business and you can, um, you can run it for a brief period of time and it doesn't necessarily have to live forever and the strongest ones can uh, uh, grow up and become fully fledged businesses instead of just campaigns. But it's yeah. what I particularly love about it, um, and it was something we said to a team. So we, we asked my, our guys to write down a list of every problem that we thought we could solve. And I always say that um, uh, sometimes we, we think we're in the business of the solution we provide, but we're almost always in the business of the problem that we solve. And we mm. forget that. And if the solution is no longer relevant, it doesn't mean that your skill sets aren't applicable to another, another problem. And it makes me think that have you created something like even a business unit that is by design a tactical form of entrepreneurship that says yeah, at any time we deploy to solve a problem that exists. So you actually, it's not even that the business, oh, that only lasted for a short period of time. No, because the business is a way of thinking. Because for me, entrepreneurs, we fix a problem where we fill a gap. And I think you two did both, right? That's, that's exactly what you did. You, you grabbed onto both of those things. The thing is that every single time one hole is plugged, another one is opened. So th there will always be these opportunities for something to fill. Uh, that is that idea of, uh, are we talk about flipping the ceiling? Uh, it becomes something is a problem, then you flip it, it becomes a foundation but for something else. And sometimes mm -hmm. that's good and sometimes it's bad. So we hit the ceiling of coronavirus, we flip it, and then we're in the foundation of something else. And every single entrepreneur builds this flip thing. It's an infrastructure inversion. That's a Rich, great I also think the thing is, is, is responding early. Um, I mean, Roger and I got on the Monday after, you know, when the world sort of erupted was, what are we going to do? And we found our mate and he said that he had a, had a conversation that day with another guy who had a tourism company in Botswana. And the guy said, what should I do with my, my, my business? So he said, he said, oh, I'll probably get some tourists in the end of the year. He said, tomorrow you convert your Land Rovers into ambulances. You convert your tented camps into mobile hospitals. And you convert your camps into, um, you know, uh, quarantine centers. And you don't wait a week. You do it tomorrow because you are not going to have tourists there over the next couple of months towards the end of the year. That's what you do tomorrow. And Roger and I realized that that day we needed to do something. Like absolutely, we couldn't wait any longer. And I think one of the reasons why there's been so much interest is that we 
responded early, we bought stock early, our warehouse, we converted into our business and central services, and we had stock, we've got everything waiting there, and we managed to do that pretty quickly so that we can respond to, you know, to the times now where people are needing um, this equipment for this new, new era, which we had seen um, when we had spoken to a mate of ours who told us what China looked like. I love the way e-commerce, you can test stuff so quickly. So my, my neighbor said to me, I've got these, these masks, you know, those, um, those plastic things that the guys wear in the shopping centers. Face shield. uh, shields. So we had like an entry level one. And then he said, I've got this premium one. So he, he sent me some pics and some prices. And he said, I'll bring me a box the next day. So I did, we just posted it onto WooCommerce, knowing that we're going to get the stock the next day, the picture and the price. And we sold the hundred before we'd even got the box. It was amazing. It was like, okay, cool. Let's order another hundred. And it was just amazing. Like our normal traditional sales model of getting an airplane, flying to Nigeria, going through customs. I'm starting to question whether I actually want to do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's not cool. <laughs> We absolutely we don't want our old business back. Like, there's no doubt. Like, that's not yeah. even a consideration. Uh, most of my business, I don't know if any of you have realized this, but how much of how you run your business and the business you run has just become habit, just like a hobby yep. you're stuck with. And I just realized, like, oh, shit, I prefer this hobby. Like, this is a lot more fun. I, I mentioned to you when we were in the green room that uh, I'm working longer and harder, uh, but, but it's because I feel like I'm doing something again. You know, I've said to yep. people that, you know, behind me is a bunch of board games. And normally I play a lot. Like a few years ago, I played just under a thousand games in a year. But I've, I thought, oh, this is going to be amazing for lockdown. I've hardly played a game because the problem solving deficit that was such a big deal for me over the last few years has gone. Like I'm constantly trying to solve. And I think it's so exciting. Like I, yeah. I, this reminded me what entrepreneurship is. Yeah. I actually yeah. realized I've forgotten. One, 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 of our, um, one of our key managers actually um, also said to me yesterday that and this is despite the fact that um, he, had, he had his uh, increase reversed, he had a 20% reduction in salary. Uh, he said to me that he felt like what we were doing was also doing so much good because it was helping businesses get back up on their feet. And that mm -hmm. was, you know, that was so um, warm for me to hear because it felt like we were, that he was, you know what I mean? That we, we were doing something that was, not just selling a widget and making a dollar, but we are actually doing, this thing can help businesses start trading and, 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 and get back on their feet and get the employees back. Yes, I mean, what an amazing thing to have, have built. Um, so that is at the heart of it, which, which, uh, which feels, feels really good for us. Yeah, I also think, I mean, the, 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 this pandemic has created an environment in which people are open to things that they just wouldn't be before. Like I think, you know, your old business, you'd have to market to people to make them believe that they needed the thing and only then would they come to you and actually order the thing. Now people are like, I have this need and I don't know what I can do about it. And you can just pop in there and be like, hey, I have this thing. And I think that's the, the opportunity is that people are just open to, to new thinking, new ideas, new approaches right now. And, you know, I think it's, it's businesses like yours that are, are able to step into that gap that are going to make the difference. And the ones that just stick to their knitting and be like, we've always done it this way, uh, you know, are the ones that are going to ultimately suffer and probably end up going away. 
We, we've also just rolled out um, um, in Kenya as well. We've got a, a, a partnership there and they've just launched the same business, Happy Hygiene, in Kenya. So we want to test it in Kenya. And then if that works, then we can white site it and roll it out in a few other countries. That's amazing. Guys, I think you know, we've, we're out of time. Um, so, so I just want to say thank you very much for, for sharing your, your energy. And, and I suppose my biggest takeaway from this thing is to create businesses that are like campaigns. I love that idea. It's just like a neat, a neat little thing, and it feels executable in a very short period of time and testable and not like you're committing to something huge. So thank you very much yeah. for that. Thanks, well, thanks guys. And keep, keep up the, the good work on the podcast. And, you know, I must admit, it's one of my most enjoyable podcasts, the ones that you guys do. It's just I feel the stories are so relevant, and, uh, and I really enjoy them. Awesome. Thank you very you much. Thank you. So yeah, you've been listening... So you've been listening to Radio, which is a podcast by the Entrepreneurs Organization in South Africa. If you are an entrepreneur or you know an entrepreneur who might need to hear this message, uh, please would you send it on to them or you can go to eonetwork.org to get more information. Quick shout out to our sponsors, LabourNet, who I think has helped almost every single EO business in this time. And um, Bitvest Car Rental and Bitvest uh, Services, thank you very much. Uh, you guys are amazing and you help EO keep going. It looks like we've lost our um, host, but we're going to end the podcast anyway. So thank you very much, guys, for sharing. And we'll see you in the next one. Peace out. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye.